I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Hello, spooky nerds. Aaron Sagers here, and welcome to Small Talk, a mini episode of the Talking Strange Paranormal Pop Culture Show. And we're going to hear from some listeners who have submitted some emails and commented on Patreon. But wanted to talk about a couple other things before I got to that. First off, if you listen to the episode this week with Viva Ferris, Melissa Viva Ferris of Haunted or Hidden Marietta, that is, I really just, I enjoyed speaking with her so much. She's a young woman who's running her own paranormal tourism business with her partners in Marietta, Ohio, and they've got these paranormal investigations and oddity shops and everything. But the thing I really enjoyed about speaking with her was learning about her experiences growing up in Brooklyn and in, in Crown Heights in a haunted apartment. And it really, it fascinated me because we just don't, I, I'm based in Brooklyn and, and even when I've, I've lived throughout the entire city and you just don't hear about these stories too often about hauntings in apartment buildings. We talk about it a little bit in the in the interview. I think part of it is that New Yorkers are so busy, caught up in the hustle and bustle and paying attention to just the busyness of their lives that maybe they're not paying attention to somewhat unusual and unexplained things, or maybe it's happening and they're ignoring it or Maybe it's happening and they're not even processing it, but it really was wild listening to these stories that Viva was talking about, these Crown Heights ghosts that she and her family and her neighbors were seeing, such as this man that was moving throughout their apartment and and other people were seeing it. So it's just not something you really hear enough of in New York City, so... I, I liked hearing those stories. I would like you to check it out. Check out that interview with Viva Ferris. And what are your thoughts? Why why do you think that we don't hear about enough unusual activities in New York City? Certainly it's an old, old city. And even if it's a new high rise or a newer building, the land itself has a lot of history to it. You do hear about it in certain things like the, the Sorrel Weed, uh, not Sorrel Weed, the Morris Jumel Mansion in the northern tip of Manhattan or in the Merchant House in certain historic buildings that are known to be haunted, but not so much in apartment buildings. Maybe New Yorkers just just can't handle the fact that they've got a ghost squatter, a roommate that's not paying any kind of rent. Anyhow, in other news, sort of the paranormal pop culture front, we, as I record this, it's Thursday, March 2nd, and we have a new Haunted Mansion teaser trailer come out. And this is 10 years after the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion movie came out. That that attempt to launch a franchise based on the Haunted Mansion following the success of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Now this one, and, and look, Eddie Murphy's movie, it, it didn't do great. But over time, it's it's gained a bit of a following. And I think it's probably because the kids that watched it when they were kids, the people that watch it when they were kids, they've grown up and they have an appreciation for it. So, and, and did I say 10 years? No, we're talking 20 years. Jeez, 20 years after that came out. 
Wow. Just wild. So this attempt, this haunted mansion, uh, to my knowledge, it's not connected at all to the Eddie Murphy version. It's directed by Justin Simeon. And the this is really an all-star ensemble. We've got a cast including Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, love her. Chase Dillon, Dan Levy, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jerry Leto, Jared Leto as the Hatbox Ghost. And in the release of this trailer, Simeon, the director, said, as a lifelong fan of the Haunted Mansion attraction, I'm beyond excited to share the teaser trailer for the new film adaptation. He says they've worked tirelessly to create a scary, funny, and cinematic otherworldly adventure. So this is... Once again, it's inspired by the classic theme park attraction at both Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, although the Haunted Mansion itself looks more like the Disneyland Manor, Haunted Mansion. And it's about a woman and her son who enlist a motley crew of so-called spiritual experts to help rid their home of supernatural squatters. And... Based on the trailer, we see Owen Wilson perhaps as a priest or maybe a charlatan posing as a priest and Danny DeVito, who looks very kind of professorial to me. And I'm guessing we have a psychic medium in the mix, too. I like this ragtag bunch. I like this kind of gathering together these these spiritual experts. So I'm looking forward to that. And we do see in the trailer the iconic Haunted Mansion wallpaper. We see the stretching portrait room bigger than just the little intro room that we see on the attraction. It seems to be a bigger room, but we see the stretching portraits and the hat box ghost catch that what I really, and the hat box ghost looks good. Uh, and what the, the gag though that I like is as Stanfield is walking across down this hallway, we see a portrait of a man, a butcher, and it gets increasingly more malevolent as if it's about to come out of the painting and come after him. So I think as far as a, a quick teaser trailer, I liked it. I mean, I love the Haunted Mansion. I, you guys know this probably. I grew up in Orlando, so I'm steeped in Disney lore and the Haunted Mansion is very much tied to kind of what made me the the weirdo, the nerd, spooky nerd that I am today. Much like the Jungle Cruise and the Enchanted Tiki Room and the Polynesian Resort is sort of what helped inform me being a tiki nerd. So, yeah, Disney is very much wrapped up into my DNA. This week, we said goodbye to Rico Browning. Uh, Rico was, of course, the Gilman. The underwater Gilman, uh, the actor that played the underwater version of the Gilman and the creature from the Black Lagoon. And that film, 1954 Universal Monster movie, that was, he was the last remaining, last living Universal Monster. So this is a great loss. He was 93 years old. He was also the creative force behind the TV show and, and movie Flipper. And he died this past week, natural causes in his home in Southwest Ranches, Florida. His daughter, Kim Browning, told The Hollywood Reporter that he had a fabulous career in the film industry, providing wonderful entertainment for past and future generations. And that he did. That he did. I 
I love the creature from the Black Lagoon. I love Gilman. I mean, I love each of them for different reasons, but such a great monster and such an icon definitely deserves to be ranked alongside Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, the Wolfman, the mummy. Now, Browning, what was interesting about Browning is he said he could hold his breath for four minutes at a time. And in addition to playing the Gill Man in the underwater scenes, a creature from the Black Lagoon, he returned for the Revenge of the Creature in 1955 and The Creature Walks Among Us in 1956. And he said, he would say that it was a, when he first put on the costume, it was pretty awkward and clumsy, but he, he got used to it and he, be, he became the, the creature. He also, he, he recalled, uh, this is reported by The Hollywood Reporter, that he filmed scenes in winter times for the Creature movie, and it was cold. It was in Florida. They filmed in Florida, but it was cold. And he said, the crew felt sorry for me. So somebody said, how would you like a shot of brandy? I said, sure. Another part of the crew also gave me a shot of brandy. Pretty soon they were dealing with a drunk creature. I think that's great. I think that kind of sums up the kind of character he was. When you look at some videos of him, he just seemed like such a delightful guy. He also said that when they were filming the sequel, Revenge of the Creature, which they shot in St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine, love it. Uh, I did my undergrad studies at Flagler College. But that a turtle bit off one foot of his costume and swam away with it. And this was the last pair of feet he had on the shoot. So the prop men and the other stunt drivers had uh, stunt divers had to chase the turtle down and get that thing out of its mouth mouth. So uh, RIP Rico Browning last remaining creature from the black lagoon, last remaining universal monster. I think to celebrate him, we're probably over at the Patreon, patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers, the geeky, creepy tiki travels, Patreon. We're going to be, perhaps watching Creature from the Black Lagoon this coming week and doing a movie trivia session. So join in for that. Okay. My question for you is, do you have a story about haunted doll or toy that has made life hell? We want to hear about it. The Talking Strange Paranormal Podcast is teaming with full moon features to give away one of only 900 made, one-to-one scale replica of Baby Oopsie, the demon toy from the horror movie franchise. To be considered, email your preferably true, we want it to be true, scary story about toys or haunted dolls to TalkingStrange at denofgeek.com and we'll read the winning story on the March 7th episode of Talking Strange. Okay, on to the listener input and mail. Last week on Small Talk, I read a letter from a young woman in the United Kingdom who would see ghosts as a child. Then they faded, only to return as she got older, but she could only sense them. She couldn't see them. She didn't think they were evil, but think maybe they were protectors, but she's wondering what to do about all of it. As always, I asked all of you to weigh in with advice over at Patreon. At the Patreon, Alicia wrote, quote, one of the things I'm getting from this is she is possibly an empath. She is feeling emotions that are not her own. First bit of advice on this is she should trust her gut. She said she thinks they are there to protect her. 
Now, if your gut is telling you that you don't need to be afraid, you should remember that. Second bit is to learn how to distinguish your own emotion from someone else's and learn to protect yourself from those feelings. Both of these things look different for everybody, so I'd encourage her to read up on being an empath, to learn what works best for her. Once she's comfortable with this, I think it would be easier for her to decide what path she wants to take with whatever she's trying to get her attention, with whatever is trying to get her attention, as she will feel more confident either choosing to interact with it or not. Thank you, Alicia, over on Patreon. We also have an email from April Murray weighing in on this story. Now, April says, hello, beautiful soul who reads this. That would be me. Thank you, April. I'm writing a response to some questions Annabella had in last week's mini episode. When I heard the episode, I became so excited because I am so passionate about this topic. I wrote everything as though I were writing her. And then she says, I don't know. I've never written to a podcast before. That's okay. First time for everything. I've added some links to my reply. If it feels right for you, please pass them on to her. I will. And this is April writing to Annabella. Annabella, as a child, you likely felt more sensitive and aware of these presences surrounding you because children are more sensitive and open to the unseen. That is an indication that you are naturally sensitive and aware of the energetic beings surrounding you. That is so exciting. It is common for individuals to feel these sensitivities dull with adulthood unless raised in a family supporting the development of our spiritual gifts. You are empathic, sort of what Alicia was uh, uh, alluding to. You are empathic and likely have other wondrous gifts brimming beneath the surface of your consciousness. If you want to connect to these presences surrounding you, it is highly recommended that you call in the spirits here to support your highest and best good. Personally, I started reconnecting to my gifts by connecting with my closest spirit guides. It is likely the beings you are sensing are your most beneficial spirit guides, considering your feelings when you sense them. There are excellent guided meditations on YouTube to help. If you are wanting to find a guide through this spiritual journey, I believe there's no guide better than the ones who know your true soul beyond this physical form and seek only the highest and best for you. If you are ever feeling emotions that do not feel yours, empaths can always ask themselves verbally, is this my emotion? And if it isn't, it will change. It sounds too simple to work, but give it a shot. It might help. All right, April Murray. April, thank you for that piece of advice for Annabella. That all sounds pretty sound. I'm curious what you guys think about the advice. And to wrap things up, this week we have a story that was submitted for the Haunted Doll giveaway. Now, I got to be honest, I don't think that this is quite the winner, but I appreciate it nonetheless. I really appreciate the submission, and I want to thank Jessica for submitting it. And I I do want to read it. Jessica, thank you for taking the time to do this. This is also, uh, I'll get to why I especially love this story in a minute. But Jessica writes, in 2004, my younger brother died. A few months after his funeral, things got strange. One night after my son went to bed, his Spider-Man car started moving. Now, to explain better, the car had no batteries in it, and the remote for it was boxed up 
with no batteries. So this car was moving around my living room. I got up to leave the room. It came after me in every room I went to. This went on for weeks. It was to the point I would tell the car I was going to bed and to leave me alone. To this day, I still blame my late brother for this happening. Jessica, thank you for that story. I think that's kind of touching in a way. I, I would love to hear more from you, whether or not you think it was annoying, mischievous, uh, playful, your brother interacting with you. Was it scary? What did you think about all this? Now, the this story I also like because I just happened to be drinking out of a Spider-Man glass. For those of you that are seeing the video version of this on Patreon can see that. I am also wearing a Spanish language Spider-Man t-shirt, but it gets more ironic. I don't know if I could show you. I'm going to kick my leg up because I am wearing Spider-Man socks, and there might be another item of clothing on my person somewhere that also has Spider-Man on it. I will, I'm not going to show that to the camera, but I'm going to leave you to, to your imaginations on that one. This was not planned. I was wearing this before I plotted this episode today, this mini-sode. So a lot of Spider-Man, a lot of paranormal, and a letter from Jessica here. So quite odd indeed. As we wrap up, again, if you want to catch this as a video episode, video mini-sode, check us out on Patreon. And as we wrap up, I'm going to ask you again, send me letters about your strange encounters and questions, comments, advice, seeking advice, uh, guest suggestions. Send it to the show at TalkingStrange at DenOfGeek.com. I'm Aaron Sagers. This has been Small Talk, a mini episode of Talking Strange. And until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. <laughs>